Hello and welcome to episode six of the Brass Cast. I am your host Zoe Wright and the episode ahead of you today is actually part two of a collaboration with the Royal Marines Band Service and this is the first ever episode where I'm actually joined by two guests. So today I'm joined by Matthew Fletcher and Emily Jowell who are both musicians within the Royal Marines Band Service. Matt began playing the baritone at age 12 before quickly moving onto the euphonium and progressed through his local, regional and national ensembles by being a member of the National Youth Brass Band of Great Britain where he held the position of co-principal euphonium. In September 2012, Matt moved to Cardiff to study euphonium at the Royal Welsh College of Music and Drama under Dr Robert Childs and Kevin Price with his mentor being David Childs. Upon moving to Wales, Matt joined the Pontardulais town band and won the best soloist award at the 2014 welsh area brass band championships he then spent some time with the woodfalls and flowers bands before joining the corey band in december 2014 with the corey band he has played on numerous cd recordings and has enjoyed performances across europe and the east coast of america Matt was fortunate enough to be a member of the Corey Band when they won every major trophy during their grand slam in 2016 in July 2016, Matt graduated with his Bachelor of Music degree from the Royal Welsh College of Music and Drama and joined the Royal Marines Band Service on euphonium and cello. Matt passed out of his training in August 2019 with the Bandmasters Award for Excellence and commendations for his euphonium playing. Matt is currently serving for the Band of Her Majesty's Royal Marines Portsmouth and is studying for his Masters of Music degree in performance. Joined by Matt today is Emily and Emily hails from Sheffield and from a young age was immersed into the brass band culture surrounded by her in Yorkshire. She began her musical journey playing the piano which she started learning when she was just four years old. At the age of nine Emily decided to pick up the tenor horn and joined the Stannington training band progressing to their solo horn player. Emily then joined Thurlston Band where she played her first ever solo with a brass band before being asked to join Stannington Brass Band at the age of 13. Whilst in the first section with Stannington she has performed at many concerts and contests which has really given her a taste for performing. One of her highlights of being with the Stannington Brass Band included winning the 2016 second section national finals when the band moved down to the second section for a short period of time. Emily was attracted to a career in the Royal Marines Band Service because of the vast amount of opportunities and performances that it brings and decided to audition on tenor horn and piano in June 2019. Having passed her audition, she entered basic training in September 2019. After completing her initial military training, Emily gained the rank of musician and joined the Royal Marines School of Music in January 2020. This was in fact on the French horn, as the tenor horn is not a part of the band service but Emily was willing to take on this challenge and give the French horn a go. Since joining the Royal Marines School of Music, Emily has been a part of several concerts, as well as other recorded performances, and has been involved in a documentary of the audition process, and has also passed her Term 3 and 5 exams, and is hoping to pass out of the School of Music and join one of the Marines bands in the summer of this year. And before we get into the episode, here is a recording of the mass bands of Her Majesty's Royal Marines performing Walcheren.
all, before we get into the interviews, thank you so much to both of you for being on. It's a real pleasure to have you both on. And I know very little about what a career in the Marines is like. I said this to Sam the other day. I literally said to him, I know nothing. Obviously, from my conversation with him, I've learned quite a bit. But obviously, there's still a lot that I have questions about. And obviously, I think some of my questions are going to be very, like basic because I just don't have a clue so um yeah they're very general questions but if I don't know them I'm, I assume quite a lot of the public don't know the answers to them either so that's why I'm asking them really so first of all can you tell me how long you've been in the marines and where you're up to in your career starting off with you Matt uh, well I, I passed out of the school of music a year ago now so I did my two years, eight months training at School of Music, and I've done a year in Portsmouth Band. So I'm right at the start of my career. Ah, brilliant. And what about you, Emily? So I joined in September 2019, um, and I'm still in the School of Music now. So hopefully passing out a bit early in summer. But yeah, just been in training for a few years. Brilliant. That's amazing that you've got, you're both kind of early on in your careers. Obviously talking to Sam, obviously he's been in since he was like, 18 and had so much experience that (laughs) it's such a contrast being able to talk to you so that's absolutely amazing so then my next question for you is why did you want to join the marines why did a career in the marines attract you again starting with you matt well for me it's very simple really Uh, i wanted a career as a professional musician Uh, and although i was playing for the corey band uh, during my time at college before i joined uh, this wasn't offering me a career in music Uh, just a hobby on the side as it was and uh, also to combine my love for sport and music uh, which we're able to do here all the time. Great what about you Emily why was a career in the Marines what you want to do? Yes it's kind of the same I was at the um, Butlins Brass Band Festival and I just saw this recruitment stand for the Marines and what struck me was just a combination of the opportunities so it's a career in music but it's also sport and travel and like adventure training and stuff um, that you wouldn't really get that combination anywhere else. Mm-hmm. So that, that was it really. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, obviously I, I don't really know what you do at all. So it's just, for me, I'm just like, I don't know what, what all the sides of your career is like, which obviously we'll delve into through all my questions. So obviously you've both had to go through the kind of audition process, which is obviously very musical and physical so obviously you will have both had different experiences because obviously you're different people obviously (laughs) and uh, obviously Matt you did it whilst you were at the Royal Welsh and obviously Emily you've gone in at 18 so I just kind of want to know what the audition process was like for both of you what kind of what you kind of had to go to in the process of the auditions Emily with you first right yeah so I initially was going to go in at 16 So I went through all the medical pre-joining tests and then I decided that I wanted to do my A-levels instead. So I sort of put it off for a year. So that process was probably a little longer for me than for most people. But then when I got to the actual audition, it's a a week-long process and it's all the musical tests, physical tests. And there's a determination test as well because determination is like a big part of what you do in the basic military training when you get to Limpston which is what you do before you can get to the music side of things. But I really enjoyed that week. It's basically just immersing you in the school of music and you get to find out from the trainees because you're you're in with the trainees that are already at the school 
um, you can talk to them and sort of see what it's actually like. So I've, I really enjoyed it. I didn't know that you could join at 16. That's really just surprised me. Yeah. And it's literally one of my questions later down on, on my list here. 16, wow, I didn't know you could join that early. I, I just assumed that it was a kind of 18 post A-level type thing. So that's really interesting. How was the audition process for you, Matt? Fairly similar, to be honest. I didn't know too much about the Royal Marines band service at all during my time at college. And I met a few people who were currently serving and they said, this is perfect for you. You, you graduate from college next year. You know, this is, this is the perfect opportunity and it's a great career. And it was all very quick, really. Uh, the AFCO process was quite straightforward. And I remember getting off the train at Portsmouth and being taken away in a minivan, <laughs> arriving at yeah. HMS Nelson. That was quite scary. Didn't really know what to expect. Um, and then, yeah, you embark on the, the week-long uh, audition process, as Emily's uh, said. And I was trying out all the different instruments. And even then, I was thinking, if I got something different to Euphonium, I probably would have still taken the job. Um, mm-hmm. It just seemed like such a good career at the time. Basic training is a different different beast, but I'm sure you'll come on to that. Yeah. It's great. I mean, obviously, I come from up north, just outside Manchester. And obviously, I'm not really anywhere near a a navy base or a marines base you know being in literally in the middle of the country so it's literally not something i've ever really familiar with other than being at the rncm obviously there's quite a few people that come and do the conducting masters so obviously within my time at the rncm i've had the various people come and do the conducting masters that i've come into contact with but other than that that's that's about it and obviously sam hairsign i met first at, at the national youth brass band of great britain he was a member of my house staff so, you know, it's a small world. So within the obviously audition process, you said there that it's a week long audition process. So other days where like you have just like musical tests and there's days where you just have physical or do they kind of just mix it all together and just throw you in? And Yeah, so they throw you in, basically. <laughs> um, I think the first thing I did on the first day of the audition was go down to the track and do the physical tests, sit-ups and press-ups and running around a track. And you also do like a troop run at that point. So you're all in a troop marching together in step. And for someone, I'm, I'm like you, I'm from up north and I've never really been in anything military. So even that was just a bit weird to start with. And then I think after that, we went back to the school and did musical tests. And then you're thrown in on instruments you don't know and you don't play, um, as well as the ones that you do play. But, you know, it's a lot of new stuff at once, but um, it's good. It, it's a full week. <laughs> we both knackered by the end of the week's audition process. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you kind of both alluded to it there that in the audition process, you're kind of tried out on different instruments, which leads me straight into what opportunities there are for brass band instruments which obviously this is a brass band podcast so we're interested in brass so Matt you're a euphonium player obviously you said you were played euphonium for Corey before going into the marines and I believe that you played the euphonium within the band service that's correct yeah so my category in the job is a euphonium and cellist so it's a double-hander category mm-hmm. but there are other instruments obviously in the brass band that we take on here so trombone players will just play their trombone the only difference here being they'll play it in the concert band the big band function band and orchestra mm-hmm. 
Uh, and obviously for Emily, tenor horn is only the other instrument really, apart from maybe soprano cornet, that's not um, a standard concert band instrument. Mm-hmm. So with the euphonium, are you just in the kind of concert band or are you within some of the other ensembles? And obviously you're saying there that you play cello as well. So are you within the orchestra as well? Yeah, that's right. So the, the cello playing I do is largely string quartets. Uh, we, we have a lot of concerts and dinners that um, we can send a quartet out to. Mm-hmm. Uh, that comes in quite handy. And then orchestral concerts that we put on. And for euphonium, we do a lot of concert band and also parade band. So a lot of our concerts are marching mm-hmm. uh, gigs. That's really interesting. Obviously, you said there that Emily is a tenor horn player. Woohoo! We love tenor <laughs> horn players. And I'm, I've been told you're now learning to play the French horn because there isn't really much tenor horn playing within the band's service. But you're brought up a tenor horn player, brought up within brass yeah. bands. Obviously, audition for the Marines on tenor horn going through the audition process were you prepared to just obviously be told that you could learn any instrument obviously you're learning french horn now which obviously is sort of similar brass instrument it's called a horn in other respects it's very very different but were you just prepared to go in and be told okay you might be learning oboe and you were just ready for that yeah so i i knew from the research that i'd done that tenor horn just wasn't going to be an option at all. So I knew that I was going to have to pick up some new instrument of some description. I also auditioned on piano um, as a piano player as well. So I thought maybe I'd get piano and cornet or, you know, that sort of category. But yeah, I had, I had it in my mind that I knew I would have to change. So I was, it's, it was okay. And you, you try out various things throughout the audition week. And I quite liked, quite liked the French horn. So, and yeah, and like Matt said before, I was, I was willing to take anything really and give it a shot. So, yeah. Yeah. So the question for both of you, because you've both had to learn new instrument, but has that not been a really daunting process for you to literally kind of go in as beginners again, but it's your career, it's your job and you're going in as someone that's not experienced on this instrument that you're being told to learn to play? Yeah, I think it is slightly. I mean, I, I'd done a lot of preparation before I'd joined up. I'd spoken to a lot of people who were in, especially euphonium players, and about their experience of learning the cello as well. Uh, and leaving the Corey band was a big decision that I made. So I, I did feel like if I could leave the brass band world behind for you know, a brief period of time and take on something different, new challenge, that would be quite exciting as well. What about you, Emily? Yeah, so... A lot of people in the job actually have to pick up like a new instrument either on the side or as their main instrument. So while it is weird because you've played an instrument for like 20 minutes in your audition and then suddenly it's your job, they are prepared for that and they sort of, they know how to take people through and the training is structured for people who are learning it from scratch. So yeah, you just, you just get into the swing of it, I guess, in the end. Um, Yeah. (laughs) yeah. So obviously French horn is your instrument within your job but do you still play tenor horn as well or have you kind of just put that on the side to focus on French horn playing? I have I've not played it much at the minute I think while I'm in training um, and hopefully that's not for too much longer I just sort of wanted to give the French horn everything and not sort of mess up my embouchure by switching back and forth too much because it is different it's like a it's a lot more tubing for the French horn but it's a smaller mouthpiece it's just it's a bit weird yeah um, so yeah I've, I've put it to the side but when we go on leave I'll pick it up 
for a little bit and you know yeah. say hello to my brass bands back home but then yeah yeah so as we've mentioned matt obviously you completed your degree before joining the marines and obviously emily you're in the process of your training and doing the degree through the training so what is it like for for you matt what was it like for you to come into marines having completed your degree and then going into training so obviously I, as I understand, you you, are, you do get a degree from your training. So do, do you now have two degrees? Well, it's funny you mentioned that. The degree programme that we offer is for people who don't have a music degree. Mm-hmm. And this is, it's, not a, um, it's not like a compulsory, it's not like a giveaway. When, okay. you, when you do your training, everyone that passes through the door, they're not all presented with a degree. Right. The degree is kind of a, it's a side programme that is run during training uh, and you're not you haven't completed that degree once you've passed the training it's sort of done um like through plymouth university so it's done over a longer period of time okay so people that start the degree in training will then take maybe four five six years throughout their time in the bands to finish it right okay Uh, so whilst i don't have two degrees (laughs) um i'm currently studying for my master's degree which is also an opportunity for people who have degrees when they join uh, something that they can do as well. Brilliant. What are you studying a, a master's in? Euphonium or? In performance, yeah. Music. Performance, yeah. It's offered in performance, conducting and composition. Ah, amazing. I didn't even know that was an, a possibility to do once you'd done that. So that's great that yeah. um, that you obviously can go in post-degree and achieve something else from it as well. That I'd, I'm not planning on doing a master's in performance. I'm going and doing a PGCE. So that's great that people that want to go into this career obviously they're training for their new job but obviously can get a qualification alongside so obviously during your initial training literally as soon as you join into the band service were there any similarities to what you did during your degree at the Royal Welsh or is it just completely different well for the first uh, 10 weeks or however long it is there's absolutely no similarities (laughs) to um music degree or student life or civilian life even mm-hmm. uh, you don't do any music for the first part of training so this is held at commando training center uh, limpston and this is basically just taking you from civilian life to military life teaching you how to follow orders and focus on your discipline and your determination that emily touched on earlier mm-hmm. and once you get back to the school of music then that's when the music side of things starts again so in terms of similarities between the school of music and degree uh, there are a few. There's the rehearsals, there's the performances, the concerts we do. This is all similar stuff that we'd have been doing at college mm-hmm. um, and at university. Just you're in a military environment. Yep. So it's, in that sense, completely different to your student life. Mm-hmm. And how have you found that, Emily, going into, obviously, your, from your A-levels into a very different kind of life? And obviously not the kind, you've not had, not having the university lifestyle that students have which is going out drinking every week and you know not having to be so disciplined obviously you've gone into a very disciplined job role yeah how's that been for you well I guess I was sort of prepared for that because you know they tell you like on audition it's sort of military first and then you're a military musician it's Mm -hmm. not musician first and then you're also just in the military um so I was sort of prepared for that that side of things yeah I guess it is it is hard work but you do you do also get sort of the downtime we have we have socials I mean not so much in lockdown obviously but 
even even then we are actually classed as a household sort of the whole of training company because we live together so we can still sort of do social things and uh, so in that respect obviously if if you're classed as a household does that mean that you can still like rehearse as like bands if there's like a whole band within your kind of household yeah so the sort of instructors and the staff aren't part of that household mm-hmm. so they've got to keep their distance and you know follow all the guidance but yeah we're, we're able to rehearse and do ensembles still which is yeah oh so that the, is the idea of the household yeah that that is great so obviously so you started your training in september 2019 so literally yeah. last year as covid hit you were like literally right near the beginning of it so have you done like all of it within all of lockdown everything the last 12 months has that all been you've been in that household there yeah so we had about a term of normal school and music life Mm -hmm. um and then it was into lockdown and we actually to stay as that household we didn't get our easter leave we didn't get go back home we've since sort of got that leave back so we, we are allowed to go on leave now periods but when we come back um, we have to isolate until we are established as a household again. Mm-hmm. So whenever we go on leave, we've got to come back in the sort of like a two-week period where we can't really do much in the ways of ensembles again. Um, yeah. But then, yeah. Oh, that's great that there's still ensembles and everything going on. That is great. That is still possible. I didn't know whether, obviously with COVID and everything, whether it had just all, whether you just wouldn't be doing any of that. So that's a great that this there's still the rehearsals and everything that's still going on so in the kind of degree aspect of it as you're saying there Matt that you do it obviously over an extended period of time do you still have to do essays and assignments and solo recitals things like that yeah so the the training at the school of music is is very well structured so that you can show progression throughout your time there I mean for, for guys like there's there's a few guys in my troupe who joined on single instrument categories that they had been playing for their whole playing time in their life. So, for example, a guy on trombone, he was able to take his exams a little bit quicker because right. he only has the one instrument, for example, and then you can you can get out of the school a bit earlier. But you're all doing your academic classes, so it's harmony and elements classes and oral classes, and it's all graded. So each term you'll have, I think they were called T3, Term 3, Term 5, Term 6, that kind of thing. Uh, so you've got to jump through the first hoops and even if you've done that before you still have to do that here at the school just to prove that you can do it uh, you, you may have the opportunity to do it a bit quicker but you're, you're always jumping through these hoops and it's all very graded you you give solo recitals every now and then uh, and it all cu- accumulates in your m3 qualification which is what's given to the musician or bugler as they pass out of the school of music and that finishes with your final recital uh, on all your instruments so the the final recital do you have to give that so if you were in there so you'd have to give do you have to give a whole recital on euphonium and a whole recital on cello or do you do like 50 50 uh, yeah so it, it's split up in percentages i think it was 60 percent on your main instrument and 40 on your secondary instrument mm-hmm. and you give that to all your peers all the three troops that are in training at the time and all the hierarchy so it's, it's quite a nice way to finish your time there really yeah have you done any solo performances yet emily yeah, so when you get there as a troop uh, right out of basic training, they give you sort of a term for everyone to sort of get accustomed to music again um, and new instruments. And then the whole troop does a recital just just to their troop. They don't make you do it in front of everyone. But yeah, you, you get that pretty much at the end of your first term. 
um, and then I've done my T term three and my term five exam in music. And then um, I've also, yeah, they'd like you to do sort of recital every term on each of your instruments. So yeah, I've done, done a few recitals, yeah. Yeah, that's quite that's quite a lot really compared to, <laughs> I mean, what I've done at in my within my degree at the RNCM, obviously there's technical exams and then there's just like, there's like one recital at the end of each year. And obviously in my final year, there's no technicals. So I've literally this year, my only recital is my final one it's a little bit daunting because I won't have performed in public for about 18 months by then but yeah so is each recital like 20 minutes half an hour or is it just like 10 15 or does it vary depending on what term exam it is yeah it does change when I was there the recitals were on a Monday afternoon and there was a sign-up sheet and I think it became a it, well, it was a volunteer sheet and it kind of became a voluntold sheet and you had your a lot of time that you were going to play because people would get away without playing and it was just turn up and you would introduce your piece and you'd just play one piece or you might play one piece on each instrument because mm -hmm. there's a lot of guys I mean I was I'm very fortunate I've been to a music college I had have a lot of experience performing and playing in a solo environment but there are guys who picked up instruments from scratch or maybe have been playing their instrument for a while but have never played a solo so it's all about the different levels of where people are at uh, in that stage of their musical career really and getting people used to getting on their feet and playing in front of their friends yeah amazing it's great to be able to perform so regularly if it's so often i mean obviously the last 12 months no one's had in your know, normal life no one's had anything so if you're still able to do that now emily like enjoy it because not <laughs> many people can be doing it <laughs> So obviously we've talked about the audition process and having to learn new instruments and what have you, but is there a kind of required standard playing ability that you need to have to join the band service? Say you need to be at least a grade five on your main instrument or anything like that? Yeah, so um, it sort of depends on the instrument category, but I th I'd say in general, sort of grade five standard is the minimum they sort of expect for an instrument you already play. Piano is different. Um, they like you to be grade eight standard on piano. Um, just quite a hard category, that one. Um, <laughs> but then on sort of instruments you don't play, if they put on one of those, it's, it's just potential. They'll test you out, see if they think you have potential. And in each of your, those auditions, um, you also play the instrument that you do play just so they can see your sort of your musicality and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, but you don't you don't have to have any official grades. It's sort of the standard. They'll they'll assess it for themselves. Great. What about kind of like theory knowledge or anything like that? Is there any kind of theory standard that you need to have oral ability, perhaps or anything? Well, as Emily touched there on the um, the the whole point of auditioning on different instruments in the week at the School of Music, you also have academic tests whilst you're there. So you'll take an oral exam, you'll take an academic paper, like a, it's probably equivalent to about grade three, grade five theory. And that's just to assess where you are really. So if you're flying that with, passing that with flying colours and getting 100%, then they've got a good idea of, okay, this person has got a good background knowledge and then they can check your, how you got on in your performances and your, in your tests mm -hmm. on each instrument. And then they can quickly assess how, how well developed you are. Uh, in terms of having a base level knowledge, I don't, particularly think that's too um, too important the staff at the school of music are amazing and there's a lot of lessons there there's you know two in the two years that you're there that's a lot of time to learn and it's quite an intensive 
program that they have there. So I don't think there's too much worry about people picking it up. That's good. So again, it's another positive for people that are interested in considering it, that there is no pressure to be any kind of standard at anything. And, you know, anyone can give it a go for the auditions, which is great to hear. So what's it like having a career within the band service and being in a brass band outside of your career what's the kind of flexibility like because I know there are people that obviously are in the marine service and play for a band obviously you previously played for Corey but obviously left Corey um, when you joined the marines so Mm -hmm. what's the kind of flexibility like and to be able to play for a brass band I'm assuming that obviously you must still like depth for bands whenever you can um so yeah my question is what's it kind of like to juggle being in a brass band full-time and having a career within the marines well it's relatively straightforward really uh, we are very lucky that um they're quite flexible with allowing you time off once you've left the school of music uh, and you're in a band if, if it's not a work requirement you know your time is your own mm-hmm. um so even in rehearsals they're fine you can quite happily pop down to your band uh, or whoever it is you're helping out and, and take part in that Concerts, if you've got weekend concerts or midweek concerts, as long as there's nothing in the diary and there's no work commitment you're involved in, they're more than happy for you to to go and take part in those. The times where it becomes a little bit tricky is the level of commitment you can give. So one of the main reasons I'm not currently still with the Corey Band is uh, the commitment I could offer them. Say we were rehearsing for a competition and then all of a sudden last minute you're required for a concert or something like that at work. The, the military role and the job that would have to come first but if you know I'm in the band here and there's two of the euphonium players so if I'm on a concert in a few months time and there's a brass band engagement that I really want to do and help out the band that I've said I would uh, we can juggle that around at work mm-hmm. and they're quite happy for you to to share the workload out. Oh that's good because oh, obviously there's a lot of brass band people that will be concerned that they don't want to give up their brass band playing alongside mm-hmm. their job and obviously, I Corey, obviously, they are the world's best band and obviously must have a very demanding oh, concert <laughs> schedule and rehearsal schedule and obviously a very high standard. I think it's it's very kind of honourable of you to say, I'm not going to be able to commit my time and step back from that. Other than that, like, is there a reason that you're, you're not in a band full time? Is it just because you just want the bit more freedom and not been having to go to band twice a week or uh, yeah a bit of both really yeah so so I'm based in in Portsmouth and uh, that's the band that I play for so in the Hampshire area there's not too many brass bands and the brass bands that there are there they, they do have full euphonium sections so I I wouldn't feel like just you know turning up and saying right this is my seat now clear yeah. off um, <laughs> but no I've done some work with the Woodfalls band they're quite local uh, and even the Libbrook band they're a little bit further away every now and then it's nice you know when the opportunity comes up and I still get the chance to play for Corey every now and then when they're in need of a, a deck player as well. Mm-hmm. Brilliant because obviously that's not a um, a tie that you want to cut is it with the no. Corey band? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was it like for you to play for Corey before you joined the Marines out of interest? Oh it was amazing yeah it was a lifelong ambition really I'm from the northeast so I'd followed all the, the brass band scene up there and moved from band to band and, and moving to Cardiff uh, to study at the Welsh College was really the main reason was to one day hopefully play for the band. Um, but yeah, it was great. Lots of fun times. Yeah, some good memories there. Yeah. So my next question 
How has being a member of the, the band service developed you personally as a musician? Yeah, so in a lot of ways, really. I guess the main thing is I've picked up a new instrument and that's enabled me to sort of develop different aspects of my music playing. The French horn is quite different from the tenor horn, really. There's a lot of more ways to split a note than I really <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, and um, also uh, the main part of the job being the marching band. That's something I've never really done before. Um, and that develops your playing in a different way because you've got to sort of split your brain in half um, half of it's going to be on the drill movements, where you're going, and the playing sort of got to be more automatic. And when I mean, you still got to be playing as best as you can, so it's multitasking that sort of develops you in a different way. I can imagine the kind of the marching band and the drill stuff like that. I'm, the only marching I ever do is on Whit Friday, um, <laughs> so I can imagine the kind of marching and drill stuff that you have to do is a bit different to me just trying to walk in a straight line down the road. <laughs> a minute on with Friday. <laughs> what about you, Matt? How has being a part of the band service developed you as a musician? Yeah, my only marching experience was with Friday as well. <laughs> the, the marching we do is a little bit different. We're not, we're not drunk. For the <laughs> uh, yeah, that was, a, that was a big experience, a big challenge at the School of Music, something I really enjoy doing now. Uh, and in terms of everything else, massively, I mean, the, the biggest difference, obviously, is playing in a concert band compared to a brass band. Euphonium has a completely different role here, uh, which is good, it's exciting. And yeah, the cello as well, that was, uh, that was a huge challenge really. But it's opened my eyes up to string playing and orchestral playing. My girlfriend's a violinist and viola player and her mum's a cellist as well, in fact. So I have a newfound love for strings that's just been forced upon me and uh, a realisation of just quite how hard it is uh, to play it. So definitely a newfound respect for the string world. Yeah, if I'm being completely honest, when I was about, I want to say nine, I tried to learn to play the cello and I think I quit after about <laughs> 18 months, maybe not even that, maybe 12 months. I was found it really hard to read bass clef and because I'd been playing tenor horn since I was like four, so I already had such a long, a longer time playing in treble clef that when it was like playing bass clef, I was like, I just, I really struggled with that and I never stuck to it. It's something I wish I had done it and tried a little bit more to do, but I was just, I just wanted to play my tenor horn. <laughs> For you, Matt, how was your career then after coming out of your training? And obviously you're saying you're, you're doing your masters. How has your kind of career changed? How is it developing? Are you looking to progress now or are you just hoping to stay as musician for a bit longer? What's your plans with your career within the Marines? Well, my current rank is Lance Corporal. And we're very lucky now that once you pass out of the School of Music and get to a band, you're enabled to take the M2 qualification, which is kind of the next step up from the M3 exam you do at the school, if you will. And with completing that course, I should say, we're very lucky now that you can be promoted uh, there and then. So, for example, this is like the bottom rung on the ladder mm -hmm. in terms of, you know, a military rank system. So, yeah, so I'm, I'm obviously aware there's a lot to be done for future promotion, um, but it's that's exciting and something I'm looking forward to. to. Mm -hmm. So, Emily, are you just a musician? So you're not a lance corporal or a sergeant or a... I don't even know what all the military names are. Are you just a musician at this point in your training then? Yeah, so you're just a musician or, or a bugler. You go into that branch. And then, yeah, as Matt said, it's once you get into a band, 
that you get the opportunity to do the M2 qualification and then get promoted to Lance Corporal and then there's a whole another load of courses for each each promotion as it goes from there. Yeah, and obviously with my conversation with Captain Sam Hairsign the day, obviously he was he's director of music, so he's gone through all of it. Is that something either of you are aiming for in the future to get to a director of music or a bandmaster or anything? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's definitely something that interests me. I'd I'd love to get in front of a band and conduct is something that I'm really ex- excited about doing, and I'd look forward to doing that. Is it something you want to do in the future, Emily? Or is that still um, way off in the future in your it's, plans? It's quite far off, but I, I'm, yeah, I'm going to see see where it goes. Because with the, um, the whole position of like director of music and stuff, that comes with less playing, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not sure yet whether I'll just want to keep playing my horn for a bit longer. Um, yeah. Or, but I'm, yeah, I'm open to doing a bit of conducting. It's not something I've got any experience in, but I'd love to give it a go. Yeah, mm-hmm. we'll see what happens. Yeah, brilliant. Obviously, from um, what Sam said, he talked about all his experience and everything that he'd done, and I was just like, wow. Um, <laughs> there's a lot there, and there's obviously there's a lot that the Marines support you with, funding-wise and different master's qualifications, diplomas, all that sorts of things. So there's definitely a lot for you to kind of progress through, and you know, you're not kind of stuck at just being a musician if you don't want to be. My next question is kind of what's the the military training like and, and include and what are you kind of trained to be able to do? Because obviously when I talked to Sam Hairsign, obviously he told me about how he had been deployed in his like early career, which obviously I believe isn't something that happens too regularly at all. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I, what's the military training like and what does it kind of include? What do you learn about? Do you learn about guns? Obviously, Marines, you think water. Do, so do you learn about ships and boats? And yeah, please tell me because I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, so before you get to any music playing in the job, you've got 14 weeks down, as Matt said, at um, Commander Training Centre in Lumpston. And that is, it's a lot of fizz. It's getting you into basic drill movements without your instruments first because you know, you've got to do it without your instrument before you can play and march at the same time and you go out in the field so yeah like you said we do um rifle training you do weapons handling tests and that's also something that you've got to do annually in your career so you've got to sort of retake these basic military tests so we also do like navigation and basic like field craft and stuff like that so yeah that's something you get the basics of at Limston and then you retake every year do you have anything yeah, to add to that, Matt? That pretty much sums it up. I think one of the lasting memories I had from basic training is the affairs folder that you, you have to keep. Um, you have like a big, massive file that you uh, keep adding to every week. And it's normally like early hours in the morning. You've Whatever you've learned in the day, you've got to write it out really neatly and print off pictures and, you know, make as much information as possible. And that was quite important, really, going through the training. You, you do have to fully submerge yourself into like the Royal Marines and the history of all the key battle dates, the people that have served before you, and it's it's quite an important part of the training, really. So, it's again, it's part of my kind of ignorance of not knowing anything about the Marines. Do you have to be a strong swimmer? Or have I just kind of imagined that kind of being important as a, being a Marine? I think I'm testament to the fact that you don't have to be a strong swimmer <laughs> at all. You, there is a swim test, there is a basic requirement, but you do a lot of swimming in basic training. It's, it's something that comes to you quite quickly mm-hmm. uh, if it's not your strong suit to begin with yeah and what about kind of obviously you've said there you have to you do rifle training and obviously when i spoke to sam hairstein he said when he was 
deployed, he did a lot of medical stuff. So are you trained in the medical stuff in that 14 weeks or does that come during the whole time, at your time at the School of Music? So with the medical training, that'll sort of only come once there is a chance of you being deployed and then you'll do pre-deployment training to gear you up for that. And that's the same with sort of any deployment. So we can also be deployed in like a chemical sort of decontamination role. Um, that's that's the other side of it and you'd also get pre-deployment training for that so we get the basics and that sort of thing the very basics at Limston but then yeah you do like I don't know how long it'd be like a six-month package maybe pre-deployment to train you up for that right that's really I find that really interesting that you could just be deployed doing anything and you're just like okay off I go that's what I'm doing (laughs) it's great that you kind of obviously going into the job you're both kind of prepared that is something that you might have to do one day it's an exciting aspect of your career I suppose whether you might find it exciting it's exciting for me to talk about because I know that I'll never have to do that Um, (laughs) whether that's actually exciting for you guys I don't know so what's kind of the kind of performing opportunities obviously Emily i You've not really had many performing opportunities uh, yet because obviously when you've joined and COVID and everything. But what's the performing opportunities like and what kind of travel opportunities are there? And yeah, what's that side of it like? Well, aside from lockdown in a, in a typical year, uh, the five bands that we have, they're all very, very busy. Uh, we're all travelling around the country for parade band gigs, uh, concerts, string ensembles, orchestras. Uh, the buglers are out a lot. They do a lot of um, last post engagements and fanfares and beaten retreats on their own. But, you know, it's, it's, it is really busy and there's lots of solo opportunities as well. One of the biggest concerts we do each year is the Mountbatten Festival of Music at the Royal Albert Hall. Uh, we're actually going up to London in April to film that. Uh, it'll be released later in the year. And that's a great chance for lots of the guys in the bands to get up in front of thousands on the main stage and, and deliver what they can. Mm. yeah that's brilliant and I imagine when everything the world goes back to normal and there's more opportunities obviously you'll be going straight back into it as soon as restrictions allow you which is probably very exciting for you both I'm kind of at the end of my questions I think I've learned a lot from both of you my kind of final thing is is there anything that you've not said is there anything that you kind of want to say to the people listening about your kind of jobs in the band service I think uh, one of the most important things is I mean drawing on my own experience I didn't know much about uh, the job or the career or even uh, what we were capable of doing concert wise I've never seen a Royal Marines band concert Um, so for people listening or for people that you know think there might be a potential career here for them uh, just to follow all the social media channels, there's loads of stuff out. We've got a brand new YouTube channel, very active on Facebook and Instagram, and that'll give you a, a big insight into the job. Yeah, it's something that I have did follow the band service on Instagram when I was coming up to doing um, these interviews with you, and um, it was something that I was like, oh, I'm getting a real insight into what they do, and I'm like... I didn't even know that you had an Instagram page, but everybody has an Instagram page, so why I didn't think you would, I don't know. Thank you so much to both of you for being on the podcast. I've learned a lot from our conversation, all these questions that I've asked you. I think you're both in a brilliant career and you've got a lot of progression and you've got a lot of playing and experience to kind of gain in your career. And I think it's absolutely brilliant. To the people listening, obviously, if you have 
any more questions about a career within the Royal Marines Band Service, like Matt said, do check out all their social media and their YouTube. And obviously, if you're listening to this half of the interview, make sure you've listened to the other part of the interview with Captain Sam Hairsign, because he delves into a lot of his experience of being in the Marine. Uh, so yeah, thank you for listening. If this is the first time you've listened to this podcast, please do go check out all the other episodes that are out. There's episodes with Morgan Griffiths, Philip McCann, Lee Rigg, Margie Antrobus, and Captain Sam Hairsign, previous to this one with Matt and Emily. Keep up to date with everything the Brass Cast on Facebook and Instagram. And bye for now. <laughs>